You are listening to the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Hot Tip Bets Podcast. We are in conference championship football weekend. You know, we're about to the Super Bowl, down to the final four teams. We also got UFC 257 happening this week, so we'll take a look at that. the McGregor fight and a couple of other fights that I like on that card, as well as we're in the heart of college basketball season, getting a little more news um, about how this tournament's going to be shaping up and whatnot. So take a little bit of a look at that and um, recap some picks, take some picks for this weekend. So um, without further ado, let's get into how our picks went um, so far over this last week. Starting off when the last podcast was released on Tuesday, January 19th. Um, these two games we had that day, honestly, were probably two of the worst losses that I think we've had all season. First game we had, we had Alabama taking on LSU minus one and a half. Um, now, I, I thought this LSU team was good. I thought they were better than they played in this game. But I didn't realize how good this Alabama team was. Alabama ends up winning this game by 30, um, wins 105-75. to 75. Um, John Purdy puts up 24 points for Alabama. You know, Alabama just shot amazing from three, 53.3% um, percent from beyond the arc, while LSU only 19.2%. And this, this game just was not even, never was close for LSU, never had a shot of covering that. So um, Alabama gets that win. And the next game we had... Uh, was kind of a similar situation. It was a little bit closer, you know, a little bit bigger spread, so it wasn't quite as bad. But Colorado State plus seven and a half versus Utah State. Utah State does win that and covers um, eighty-three to sixty-four. Uh, Brock Miller puts up twenty points for Utah State, helping them win that one. And that is now Utah State's eleventh win in a row. Um, so definitely killing it out there in Mountain West play. You know, Utah State, another team, shot the ball really well from three, fifty-two point six percent from beyond the arc. Colorado State only thirty-three point three percent. So. End up losing that game too. Um, so start the start the card off 0-2 on Tuesday. Then going into Wednesday, only ended up having one pick on Wednesday's card, but it ended up being a pretty good one. Had Chattanooga plus one for Samford. Uh, Chattanooga ends up winning this game outright 70-64. to uh, Malachi Smith puts up 16 points, six rebounds, or nine rebounds, that is, for Chattanooga in this one. Um, it really came down. Chattanooga just didn't turn the ball over as much as Samford. Um, in order to get that win, you know, only 14 turnovers for Chattanooga compared to Sanford's 20 turnovers. Um, so we get that win on Wednesday. Um, now, as far as Thursday's games goes, actually recording this um, on Thursday. So obviously we don't have those games over yet. Ended up having three cards on that play. We had Eastern Washington minus three and a half versus Northern Colorado. San Francisco minus three versus San and Santa Clara. And Colorado State plus nine versus Utah State. So um, definitely take a look over on hottipbets.com under the results tab to see how those ones ended up finishing. But um, not going to be able to see those ones for the podcast. So that's about wraps that up for as far as how our picks did. Now, just a little bit of recap there. Um, but let's get into UFC 257. Uh, UFC 257 this week, we got Daniel Poirier taking on Conor McGregor. Um, you know, the return of Conor McGregor. We saw him fight um, in the first pay-per-view last January. Um, and then, you know, he announced his retirement like he's done a few times now. Uh, but he's back fighting again here. So, um, but before we get into that main fight, um, there is one other fight that I do kind of want to look at on this card. Now, forgive me, I am definitely going to mispronounce these names. I tried to look it up, but I, I was getting mixed results even with that. So, um, yeah, just, just. You know who I'm talking about. Look at the card if you want to, if you can, you can probably put it together. But uh, definitely going to mess up these other days. So first, <laughs> the one fight that I like outside of the main event, we got uh, Matt Frivalor taking on Ottoman Atazar. Um, Ottoman comes into this fight as the favorite. Uh, Matt Frivalor comes in 
this fight, eight one and one um, in his uh, professional career. But however, um, he hasn't done quite as good as of late. You know, three one and one in his last five fights. Ottoman Azar, on the other hand, thirteen and zero in his professional career. You know, pretty good fighter that is. Only had two fights in the UFC. Um, but 2-0 in those fights, and those fights both went, were very quick fights. He won both those fights in the first round. Um, one was a knockout um, in the first minute, I think, and the other one was uh, like three or four um, minutes. So definitely a good fighter here. Um, and, and one thing about Ottoman Nazar in this fight, he's really good at landing punches. You know, 8.47 um, strikes per landed per minute, which is kind of insane. And on top of that, his... Um, accuracy on those 77 57% accuracy compared to Matt Forever 3.19 strikes landed per minute which you know not necessarily um same style of fighter but that's not a that's not very great especially when you're getting hit <laughs> so much more you know only landing 39% accuracy on his on his punches there so Ottoman Azar, um, or how do you ever say his name? Sorry, I mispronounced that. Don't know how to say that, but um, I like him to win this fight. He is the heavy favorite, but minus 155 um, on the money line for one unit, um, taking him there. Uh, and now moving on to the main event, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. Um, Conor McGregor is, you know, won the first fight between these two at UFC, um, I don't remember what, UC 147, I think, I believe it was, you know, um, and really... A lot of coming into this fight has been Dustin Poirier, um, how much better he's gotten as a fighter, which is true. You know, he's he's looked a lot better, you know, um, following his loss. You know, recently he hasn't, he hasn't lost very much. Lost to um, um, Khabib, obviously, but so did McGregor. Um, and then ended up going and beating Hooker um, following that fight. But, you know, Poirier it has gotten way better coming into this fight. But I think a lot of people are kind of underestimating the Conor McGregor power, you know. It's not like Conor McGregor has just gotten bad since that fight, um, especially since his Khabib fight. Um, you know, we only really saw him fight, or, well, not really, we only have seen him fight against Cerrone since that fight. But he, I mean, he knocked him out in like <laughs> 30 seconds, less than that, you know, elbow or not elbow, shoulder to the nose and he was out of that one. Um, and I think McGregor, it's hard to, it's hard to not like McGregor, hard to not bet on McGregor. And I really think McGregor not only wins this fight, but I think he takes care of it inside the distance. I don't think we're going to need the decision, um, except, especially in a five round main event like this. Um, I think McGregor can take care of that one, um, and get that victory. So I like McGregor to win inside the distance. Um, odds currently at minus 190, um, as of recording this podcast, I would suspect that going into the fight, um, that odds is going to shoot the other direction, you know, that's kind of how it goes with every, every Conor McGregor fight, you get a lot of, a lot of bets coming in on McGregor late, but I do like him to win that one, so that's my other pick for UFC, um, 257, um, moving into college basketball, um, let's take a little bit, a look at the, some of the news surrounding college basketball before we get into this week's picks, First thing I want to kind of look at, the March Madness schedule. We got a little more information on what the tournament's going to look like. We already know that's going to be, um, you know, taking place in the bubble in Indiana and whatever, you know, um, a couple of different sites there. So, you know, going to be a little different like that. But we did see this week, we got announced kind of the scheduling on how the games are going to look. Um, the first four is actually not going to be taking, usually not taking place on that Tuesday and Wednesday in Dayton. Um, obviously, it's taking place in Indiana. But it's going to be taking place on Thursday, which would normally be the first day of March Madness, which, you know, is whatever. It's in, in hindsight, as long as we get March Madness, who cares what day the games are played on? But I would much rather see the first round open on Thursday. You know, that Thursday, Friday are the best two days in sports, you know, period. You know, even though 
you know, it seems it's like wall to wall college basketball, but when you really consider it, there's only 16 games, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's not a, it gets overhyped sometimes, but I do definitely think that it's going to be a little different this year. You know, first round that is, is going to be pushed back a day, then taking place on Friday and Saturday. Um, um, and then the second round games will be end up playing on Sunday and Monday. Then moving on to the next week in Sweet 16, instead of being played Thursday, Friday is actually going to be played Saturday, Sunday, which is going to push the Elite Bay 8 back to Monday, Tuesday, um, which is kind of weird for the Elite 8, to be quite honest. But at that point, it doesn't really matter because the games are being played. Um, there's no daytime games by the time you get to the, well, by the time you even get to the Sweet 16, there's really no daytime games. Um, but by the time you get to the Elite Eight, there's, there's two games a day. So there's no, there's no need to really necessarily play it on the weekend. Um, and then the Final Four has always taken place on Saturday, uh, with the National Day Championship taking place that following Monday, which will end up being April 5th. So not the greatest schedule, if you ask me. Uh, really, that first weekend, or first week, that is, is really just the first round. Not being Thursday, Friday is kind of a bummer. But, you know, Friday, Saturday um, could be worse. You know, still going to have the games. It's going to be kind of weird having <laughs> those second round games taking place on that Monday. That kind of sucks, but um, could be worse, so... Um, a little bit of other college basketball news before we get into some picks. Um, Oklahoma State is finally out of their quarantine, um, so that's good. Get back to some Big 12 action. Um, and I saw John Rothstein tweeted out this morning. I think there's currently, um, I forgot how many teams it was. Um, it's really, I mean, I think it was about 20 or so, but 20 in quarantine, but 20 teams out of, you know, 357 is not bad, um, especially in a year like this. Um, and Drake will finally be back next Tuesday, so we'll be able to get back betting on on that train. I'm excited for that. You know, get some more <laughs> free money rolling in because um, that's basically all they've been all season. Um, but one team, another mid-major team that's kind of flown under the radar. Um, well, a couple really. One team that I really like um, as far as a mid-major team so far this year is Furman. Um, we'll talk a bit a little about them later in um, the picks, but they are definitely looking good in the SoCon. Definitely like them take care of business in that but another team out of the ohio valley um is belmont you know belmont um lost um i am I'm forgetting his name but he lost they lost a, a transfer to xavier um and he you know which which was looked at as a as a big time loss but you know they're 8-0 in ohio valley play 14-1 and um overall so far this season so I, it's not like it's a it's a huge loss so um definitely belmont another team to to take a look at as far as mid-majors go um, and one team that is finally, finally starting to look good, a team that I've been on the last two seasons, um, and by when, and I finally, I don't know if I can say gotten off them, but I kind of went down on them a little, was Florida State. You know, Florida State just really struggled. You know, they have a, like one of, if not the top um, rosters in the country as far as talent goes, but they just weren't winning games, and they just struggled at times to win games, struggled to win ones that mattered. Um, but they finally are looking pretty good this season and in the ACC being down, you know, Duke's not very good. North Carolina is not very good. Um, you know, teams like Clemson and uh, Virginia rise into the top. It'll be interesting to see how Florida State ends up there. Um, another team that um, is up in the top 10, we got Houston. Houston absolutely gave no mercy to Tulsa um, last night, <laughs> beating them 86 to 59. Um, and Houston's been a fun team to watch all season um, in the AC AAC there, so... Definitely, but another conference that is kind of hurting itself um, is the Pac-12. You know, um, just last night we had you, or in the past two days we had U USC um, lose to Oregon State, and we had Colorado lose to Washington. Um, you know, top teams in the Pac-12 losing to bottom teams in the Pac-12. Definitely not a good look uh, for the Pac-12 as far as um, they go. But that about wraps that up for the news for the week. 
All right, so taking a look at college basketball picks for this weekend, starting out on Friday, January 22nd, we got Purdue-Fort Wayne taking on Green Bay. Um, Purdue-Fort Wayne comes into this one as three-point favorites. Purdue-Fort Wayne's um, played pretty pretty decent this year, you know, so far. 231 in the hot tip at rankings with a 6-5 and five record. Green Bay, on the other hand, two. 286th in the hot tip at rankings, but only 3-1 and one on the season. Kind of struggled to win some games there. One thing about this um, Purdue-Fort Wayne team that they've done very, very well is shooting the ball. You know, 43.9% from beyond the arc compared to Green Bay, only 35.1% from beyond the arc. I um, mean, their effective field goal percentage for Purdue there, you know, 60.4 compared to Green Bay's 48.4. Um, and Purdue-Fort Wayne has really just played much better on both sides of the ball. You know, 147 adjusted offensive efficiency, 268 adjusted defensive efficiency, while Green Bay 193 adjusted offensive efficiency and 334 adjusted defensive efficiency. Um, and I just really like this Purdue Fort Wade team. Um, they've played, they're a fun team to watch, played very well. Um, I don't think they have any trouble covering this three, even on the road against this Green Bay team. Um, I think they're going to take care of business in that one. Um, and now the second game we got for Friday, we got South Dakota taking on Western Illinois. Um, South Dakota minus seven and a half in this one. South Dakota comes into this game as the 227th ranked team in the hot tip at rankings. Western Illinois, 250. Um, and we know when you're ranking teams out of 257 and you're 250, you're not a very good basketball team, you know. Western Illinois only making 29.4% of their shots from three, only 65% from the free throw line. South Dakota, on the other hand, 38.6 from three and 75.7 from the free throw line. Um, and, you know, South Dakota, just a better effective field goal shooting team, you know, 50% effective field goal percentage, while Western Illinois, 44.5 effective field goal percentage. Um, and South Dakota just played better basketball on both sides of the ball, 149 in adjusted offensive efficiency compared to um western illinois 209 or 309 that is um and um, 214 adjusted defensive efficiency compared to western illinois 332 so definitely like south dakota take care of business in that game now moving on to saturday's picks the first game we got we got unc greensboro taking on chattanooga now these are two teams that we've kind of been on well <laughs> we've been on chattanooga we were just on chattanooga um, the other day when they played Sanford, that was, um, and UC Greensboro, we've bet against a couple times this year. Um, but I definitely like Chattanooga, you know, coming into this one as slight underdogs, Chattanooga 11 and four on the season, um, UNC Greensboro nine and five, but this Chattanooga team, one thing that really, really sticks out to me is how well they've shot the ball from the free throw line, you know, 81% from the free throw line, um, which is, is a stat that is going to win you a lot of basketball games that, you know, that's a, that's a difference making stat. Um, compared to UNC Greensboro, you know, only 67.1 from the free throw line. Chattanooga also hitting the three pretty well, 63.5 from beyond the arc. Compared to UNC Greensboro's 28.3 from beyond the arc. Um, and, you know, they're just not not turning the ball over as much. Um, this Chattanooga team only turned it over on 16.2% of their possessions. Compared to UNC Greensboro, who has turned it over on 18% of theirs. So definitely like Chattanooga to take care of business in this early one on Saturday. Next game we got on Saturday is an ACC showdown. We got NC State taking on North Carolina. NC State comes into this one as the 52nd ranked team, while North Carolina the 38th ranked team. Um, and while these teams have had similar records, similar standards, um, they're kind of two teams in the opposite direction. You know, this NC State team has been a team that I've really loved to watch um, last year for sure, and even this year. You know, they've they've just been a fun team to watch. Well, North Carolina, while they're they're not as bad as they were of a team last year, they still just are not up to, you know, blue blood North Carolina standards. Um, you know, NC State has been playing very, very well, you know, 
Effective field goal percentage for NC State, uh, 53.4, compared to North Carolina only shooting at 46.4 effective field goal percentage. This NC State team is just a way better team on offense, 56 in offensive efficiency compared to North Carolina, 62. Um, And that's really shown by their ability to hit the threes, you know, 36.6 from three for NC State compared to 30.7 for North Carolina. Um, And I think on the road in this one, NC State, I don't know, has a slight dog there. Um, is able to cover that spread. So I'd like NC State to cover in this game. Um, the next game we got is an SEC matchup between Florida and Georgia. Now, we've been on Florida a couple times so far this season. Um, and honestly, it hasn't been worked out for us too good. You know, we were on them the other day when they played Kentucky and just got absolutely smoked. Um, but I really think this Florida team is a good basketball team. You know, I have them or in the hot Tibet rankings. That is, they come in as the 19th ranked team. Georgia comes in as 132. Um, and this Florida team has done a very, very good job shooting the ball. You know, 37% from three, 74% from the free throw line. Compared to Georgia, you know, 32% um, from three, you know, 68.6 from the free throw line. And they're also, Florida, not turning the ball over all that much. You know, only turning over on 19.6% of their possessions. Uh, uh, Georgia, that is, turning it over on 21.9% of theirs. But what this game really comes down to is Florida is just a both Florida is just a better team on both sides of the ball. You know, 32 in offensive efficiency, 31 in defensive efficiency, compared to Georgia 95 in offensive efficiency and 97 in defensive efficiency. So I think Florida can take care of business in this one. Wins pretty easily and covers that spread in this game. Um, the next game we got we got a, a mid-major showdown between a team that I kind of talked about a little bit earlier in Furman. We got Furman um, taking on East Tennessee State. Furman comes into this team at 55th in the hot tip at rankings, um, which I believe they are uh, um, either two or three as far as um, um, uh, mid-majors go. You know, <laughs> Gonzaga obviously um, up there at the top um, is the number one. But then Furman, I'm, I'm forgetting what team um, comes before Furman, but they're, uh, Furman is the third highest ranked you know, mid-major team. East Tennessee, who, who's been a good team in the past, only comes in at 161. Um, Furman comes into this game shooting the ball very, very well, you know, 36.5% from three, 74.6% from the free throw line and an effective field goal percentage of 58.1. East Tennessee, 31.9 from three, um, 65.7 from the free throw line and an effective field goal percentage of 49%. Uh, Furman also not turning the ball over only 18.2% of their possessions compared to East Tennessee's 22.8. And this Furman team, just a much better offense, you know, 49th in adjusted offensive efficiency to East Tennessee to uh, to 12 that is so definitely like Furman to cover the spread in that one uh, the next game we got we got Milwaukee taking on Cleveland State Milwaukee comes into this game at five and four on the season Cleveland State uh, nine and four on the season um, Cleveland State um, has one thing that's Cleveland State team has kind of struggled with one thing that really stuck out to me is turning the ball over and turning over on 21.2 percent of their possessions Milwaukee only turning it over on 16.4 percent of theirs um, and Milwaukee also shooting the ball very, very good, um, 33.2% from three compared to Cleveland State's 30.2%. Um, and also, um, these teams, while they do stack up pretty closely in offensive efficiency, you know, Milwaukee 255, uh, Cleveland State 254, um, given points to this Milwaukee team and this one on the road, I definitely like them to cover that spread. Um, and the final game we got for Saturday's card, we got an SEC game, we got LSU taking on Kentucky. 
um lsu well i did (laughs) you know these are kind of it's kind of a funny story because you know lsu burned me earlier in the week and (laughs) seems like every time i bet against kentucky um are the games they look good but this lsu team is 10 and 3 on the season this kentucky team has looked absolutely awful you know four and nine on the season um and LSU just shooting a hundred times better, you know, thirty-five point two from three, seventy-six point three from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of fifty-four point eight. Compared to Kentucky, twenty-eight point four from three, sixty-nine point six from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of forty-five point nine. Um, and you know, LSU doing a way better job on offense. You know, coming into this game sixth in the country in offensive efficiency compared to can. Um, LSU that is sixth in the country in offensive efficiency compared to Kentucky's 97th in offensive efficiency. So definitely like LSU to finish out Saturday's card. Moving on to Sunday's college basketball card. The first game we got, we got Loyola Chicago taking on Bradley. Um, Loyola Chicago comes into this game in my rankings as the 28th ranked team. Um, Bradley 105. Um, This Loyola Chicago team has played very, very well this season. You know, 37% from three. With an effective field goal percentage of 57.6. Bradley, on the other hand, 33.3 from three with an effective field goal percentage of 50.6. Um, and this Loyola Chicago team um, has just played very well on both sides of the ball, you know. Um, 51% in offensive efficiency. But one thing that really sticks out about this Loyola Chicago team is their defense. You know, 17th in the country um, in adjusted defensive efficiency. Compared to Bradley, you know, 120 on offensive efficiency, 89 on defensive efficiency. Um you know, this Loyola Chicago team just does a very good job holding onto the ball, getting the ball from other teams, you know, only turning it over on 17.3% of their possessions, while Bradley turns it over on 19.1% of theirs. So, um, this Loyola Chicago team, while they're not, I don't know that they're back up with their, you know, final four run caliber, um, but they are a very good team this year. They're going to make some noise um, in the Missouri Valley, and I definitely like them to cover that one. Um, and the second game we got for Sunday, we got Notre Dame taking on Miami. Notre Dame comes in as the 80th ranked team in the hot tip rankings, Miami 107. Um, Miami has really, really struggled to shoot the ball this year. 26.9 from three, 68.6 from the free throw line, and only a 47.9 effective field goal percentage. Notre Dame, on the other hand, 37.4 from three, um, 79.1 from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of 53.2. Miami's also turning the ball over quite a bit, turning over on 20.4% of their possessions compared to Notre Dame's 15.7. Um, and Notre Dame, also just a better team on offense, 24th in offensive efficiency compared to Miami, 124. So definitely like Notre Dame to cover and win that game. Um, now moving on to Monday's picks, we got another Missouri Valley game. We got Southern Illinois taking on Indiana State. Southern Illinois, 7-3 and three on the season, Indiana State, 6-7. and seven. Um, And I know I'm not sure, I've watched a couple of Southern Illinois games um, at this point in the season. I'm not sure why people keep sleeping on Southern Illinois, um, but, you know, they keep doing it. Southern Illinois, 298 um, from three in, so far this season, 53.3 effective field goal percentage. Indiana State, only 34.1 from three with an effective field goal percentage of 47.6. Um, you know, Southern Illinois also not turning the ball over very much, only turning over on 17.8% of their possessions compared to Indiana State's 20.1. Um, and even though Southern Illinois comes in with a slightly worse offense at 176 um, compared to Indiana State's 162, which is an offensive efficiency. You know, Southern Illinois is the underdog in this game. Um, so definitely think that they have the ability to cover that one. So definitely like Southern Illinois to cover the spread in this game. Um, and the final game we got for Monday, we got UNC Greensboro taking on Furman. Now, both these teams are teams that I've, you know, bet on and bet against. Um, 
quite a bit this season. But this Furman team is a very, very good basketball team. You know, coming into this game at 10-4 and four on the season, UNC Greensboro 9-5 and five on the season. Um, and Furman's just shot um, extremely well. You know, 36.5 from three, 74.1 from the free throw line, um, and an effective field goal percentage of 58.1. Um, while UNC Greensboro 28 from three, 61.1 from the free throw line, and an effective field goal percentage of 47. Um, but what this game really boils down to is just that this Furman team just comes in with a way better offense. You know, 50th in offensive efficiency compared to UNC Greenboro's 161. So think you uh, Furman covers that spread and gets out, gets us the win. Um, to close out Monday's card. Um, and that about wraps that up for college basketball picks for this weekend. <laughs> quite a bit of picks this weekend. Got quite a bit of action um, going on over there. So definitely make sure you're following on Twitter for all of those updates. But moving into the NFL, um, getting a little bit of news before we preview these two games for the weekend. First thing that we had happen today, um, which honestly to me was a bit of a shock, um, <laughs> I guess kind of, but Dwayne Haskins gets signed by the Steelers. Honestly, I really thought Dwayne Haskins' career was probably over. I was didn't know that he'd get much of a chance um, otherwise. Um, and someone who, <laughs> you know, I think Dwayne Haskins can be a good quarterback in the NFL for sure. I just don't know that he's going to be. Um, but one thing that this kind of maybe potentially points out um, is a potential Big Ben retirement. Um, you know, we just saw this week we had Phillip Rivers retire from the Colts um, in his 17-year career. We got Drew Brees um, retiring from the Saints into that one. And, you know, Big Ben could just <laughs> to join those three, or those two anyway, making it three um, retirees from at the quarterback position this year. And who knows, you know, if <laughs> Tom Brady ends up winning the Super Bowl, I could see him calling it quits on top. Um, although maybe not. Tom Brady also feels like a guy who's probably going to play five more years until he absolutely stinks and, you know, <laughs> ends up winning like two games a season. Um, but this really sets us up for what could potentially be an absolutely stacked 2026 Hall of Fame class. You know, already have Philip Brewers and Drew Brees, um, which, you know, Drew Brees for sure, first ballot Hall of Famer. You can make arguments that Philip Rivers um, isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer, and obviously people will make those arguments. But it's kind of, you know, he holds records, you know, top 10 records all across the board in passing categories. It's hard to to argue against him there um, and if you add big ben to that mix obviously he's a first ballot hall of famer um, and tom Brady is the most without a doubt <laughs> first hall of famer that you could possibly have um, so if we have those four quarterbacks i think the only way philip rivers gets left out of a first ballot is if the other three are all there um, but we have potentially those four quarterbacks also we potentially have larry fitzgerald who hasn't made his decision on whether or not um, he's gonna re- he's gonna keep playing um, and honestly if you ask me this is probably the first season where, you know, I've seen Larry and been like, yeah, there's a there's a chance that this this really was um, the last time we saw him play. Um, and I really, you know, the, la- the last few seasons anyway, um, really since probably after the NFC Championship game, I haven't been like, oh, yeah, um, Larry's not coming back. So it definitely be interesting to see whether or not he comes back. But, um, yeah, 2026 Hall of Fame class could be absolutely stacked. Um and the next thing that we want to touch on a little bit, not that it matters at all, um, but Steve Wilkes <laughs> hired as the defensive coordinator for Missouri. So um, unfortunately for all you Missouri Tiger fans out there, um, your football team just got absolutely terrible. Um, expect, to just, expect to be the worst team in the SEC next year. That's all I can say. Um, <laughs> coming from a definitely unbiased Cardinals fan. But... Um, that's enough, you know, talking about the NFL. Let's move into some picks for um, this conference championship weekend. 
First game we got, the early game at the NFC Championship, got the Buccaneers taking on the Packers. Packers three-point favorites in this one. Um, one thing that really, you know, we saw this game um, earlier in the season down in Tampa Bay. Um, and really what killed the Packers in that game was the fact that they just kept turning the ball over. You know, they only had two turnovers in that game. Um, when I went back and looked, you know, it felt like really, it felt like a lot more um, when I remember watching that game. But the Packers, those two turnovers were at very un, un <laughs> timed, badly timed, however you want to say that, um, times in the game. You know, after the first quarter, you know, the Packers came out hot in the first and then just really struggled um, in that game. So really the key to this game for the Packers is to limit those turnovers. And honestly, so far this season, they have done a very good job of doing that. Only turning it over 0.65 times per game compared to the Bucs, um, who's, who's gone down here towards the end of the season, but one turnover a game, which, you know, isn't absolutely horrible, um, but it's not quite as good as the Packers. The Packers have just also put up more points in um, this season, you know, 31.82 points per game compared to the Buccaneers, 30.72. Um, and the Packers also just doing a really good job staying on the field, 32 minutes and 47 seconds time of possession compared to the Buccaneers, 29 minutes and 10 seconds time of possession. Um, and what this game really boils down to is an MVP season for Aaron Rodgers. You know, it hasn't been announced yet, but I mean... Um, more than likely, I think I don't know that a whole lot of people are arguing that, you know, got an MVP season for Aaron Rodgers and we got a playoff Tom Brady that definitely has something to prove being outside of um, um, outside of New England. Um, and it really comes down to this game. Honestly, if the Packers want to win this game, they have to shut down the Buccaneers D. You know, last week against the Rams, they did a really good job of shutting down their defense. We're able to to move the ball with really pretty much ease. So if they can do that same thing in this game. They're, I think they're going to absolutely destroy the Buccaneers in this game um, and cruise into the Super Bowl. So definitely like the Packers to cover that three-point spread in this one. Now moving on to the AFC Championship, um, the late game. We got the Bills taking on the Chiefs. Chiefs three-point favorites in this one. Now the key stat to this game, and I think what it comes down to, is Pat Mahomes. You know, if Patrick Mahomes is healthy, not even healthy, just plays. <laughs> because obviously, you know, he has... Um, concussion or tweak nerve or whatever's going on, <laughs> whatever's going on up there, um, has the foot injury that's, you know, um, bothered him at times this season. But if Pat Mahomes is in the game, I think that basically seals it up for the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs are better, uh, obviously a better team with their star quarterback than without. Um, and I think that really what it comes down to in this one, you know, so far or this season um, coming into this game, that is, you know, they've only turned the ball over 0.61 times per game compared to the Bills turning it over one time per game. Um, and they've just moved the ball up and down the field with super ease, you know, 417.12 yards per game compared to the Bills to 386.66 yards per game. Um, but kind of the one stat that has been questionable for the Chiefs so far, you know, they haven't covered the spread in any of their last nine games, you know, 0-8 and 1 against the spread in their last nine, um, depending where you where you look, whatever you had that spread for that um, um, push could have also been a win. But, you know, they definitely haven't played good <laughs> against the spread, that's for sure. Um, Bills, on the other hand, 9-1 and against the spread in their last 10, playing very well. Um, but I think the Chiefs, I think the main thing that you can see from that is... The Chiefs just really didn't have to didn't have to cover spreads this year because their spreads were like ten point spreads, fourteen point spreads more often than they weren't. Um, and just a fact in the NFL, when a team gets up by more than two possessions, they're just not going to play as hard. They're not going to. I mean, they just don't need to play as hard. That's just kind of how it is um, in the NFL these days. So really. By that, I don't know. I don't know that you can really look at past performance. I don't know that you can ever really look at past against the spread for performance to see how a team is gonna 
is going to cover um, in the future. That's not really a very good stat, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to have any problem um, covering in this game. You know, they they had one of their better games of the season, um, at least as far as their defense goes. In the in that first Bills game, you know, held the Bills to 17 points, only 122 yards through the air in that one. So if the Chiefs can do that again, I think they easily cover this um, spread. Um, so Chiefs minus three, um, setting up a Chiefs Packers Super Bowl. That would be my guess for this NFL season. Um, but yeah, that about wraps that up for the podcast. Um, make sure you head over to the website um, to see all the picks, all of the NFL picks, all the college basketball, um, and for the picks for this upcoming UFC fight, um, all of that there. Um, also got picks from the computer model up on the website, you know, horse racing picks every day, got college basketball picks, got NBA picks, NFL picks, got the um, last couple NFL games up there, um, as well as, you know, college basketball rankings dropping every Monday. Also got the NBA rankings up there. I'm working on getting NHL rankings up on the website, but it's going a little slower than I would like, but expect those to come up there. Also go take a look at the results up on the website. Kind of redid a lot of that um, over these past few weeks. So definitely take a look to see how all that looks. Um, and yeah, if you're not following me on Twitter or Instagram, make sure you do that. Um, Hot Tip Bets Chris on both Twitter and Instagram. Um, and also make sure you're following the Hot Tip Bets account so you can get all that computer picks info and just general Hot Tip Bets info. Um, you know, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, TikTok, YouTube, you know, at Hot Tip Bets on all of those social platforms um, where we can find it. So thanks for listening to this episode of the Hot Tip Bets podcast, and I'll see you on Tuesday.